0: Man, what is good? What is good? I mean, how are we doing? Yeah. We good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you good at home, good. man? <laughs> man, um, can I can I start off by being a little sappy? Mm. A little, a little sappy, man. It's crazy to think about it, but man, this is my one-year anniversary here at the Well. Let's go. Yeah. Right. Our first Sunday was the last week of July, which is this Sunday. Mm. Um, And man, I don't know, it's, it's already been a year since we've been here. And it's crazy to think about, right? Because now it's the Asian invasion. We're already here, this is a gathering. There's the three of us, and we, you know, they say Asians come in numbers. And, you know, I brought my squad with me. Um, And it feels good to be here to to preach and to give uh, the word of the Lord. And man, um, but I want to get a little sappy here. And man, it has been such a blessing for me and my family, Um, thinking about it. uh, Man, I love this series as we're talking about what it means to fight for community. Um, in many ways, we felt the love of Jesus because of the way this community fights for us and with us. And it's such a blessing. Um, and and like, uh, just to recap, right? So Tori, a couple weeks ago, talked about what it means, um, how to exalt, drive our community, that we were made to fight for community because we are made in the image of God, that we begin to exalt God by fighting for community as Christ has what fought for us. And he really brought that fire. And then Adam talked about what it means to do life together in discipleship, right? That Jesus gives us. Power, purpose, and presence. He did the PPP, right? Um, That we want to fight for community and what do he say? To get scrappy, right? Um, To produce disciples, that we will remind each other to follow Jesus. That not only do we become like Jesus when we fight for community, but we should be connecting others to Jesus, bringing them in into our community that we pull each other into family. And that's what the well is about. And it has been such a blessing because there's been so much healing. There's been so much Um, things that my wife and I that I've gone through here at The Well because of this model that we want to fight for community. So we want to thank you guys. We love you guys. And it's it's been an amazing year. It's been an amazing year. Man, so as we learn what it means to exalt God in fighting for community, make disciples as we fight for community, it brings us to our sermon today that um, through fighting for community that we begin to understand the mission of what it means to live lives that are sent. That we become ambassadors of Christ. That the way we live, we become a witness to the world. And here's the thing that we as a church that needs to begin to understand. The world will know us and ultimately experience Jesus by the way that we love one another. What does it mean to love one another? And that's where we're gonna head today. What is love? What is love? (laughs) Don't hurt me. No more. I know y'all have been waiting. I know y'all was waiting. I actually was waiting for somebody to come in. Um, I had to do it. Sorry, guys. But what is love? right? And in order for us to look at that, we're going to look at the last night that Jesus had with his disciples before his death. And the powerful commandment that Jesus gives to them, knowing that they would be the birth of the church. And that's the command he gives them. So we're going to jump into the gospel according to John. We're going to be hovering on chapter 13. Uh, We're going to go uh, chapter 13, 31 through 35. So John chapter 13, 31 through 35. Um, Here at the well, we say this all the time. We want your eyes on the word. We want you guys engaged in the word. And as uh, my good friend Hannah is reading this, I want you guys to understand that there's authority as we receive and we hear God's word being read over us. So Hannah, will you read the passage for us?
1: Hey y'all, I'm Hannah Woosley. I go to the Far West Community Group and I serve in college ministry at The Well. I'm gonna be reading John 13, 31 to 35 for us. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Can't wait to be back in person with you guys.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Hannah, for doing that. Man, I, and where we're heading today is we're going to hover on verse 34, and we're going to hover around this passage, and my my three points are going to be exactly this first. A new commandment, a new commandment, just as I have loved, and then love one another so the world will know you, right? So new commandment, just as I have loved, Love one another, so the world will know. So the new commandment, verse 34, says this: A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, that you also to love one another. Man, I. I want us to think about this for a second, right? Here is Jesus giving this commandment to his disciples to love one another. And he says, just as I have loved you, love one another, that the world will know me by the way you love one another. I'm saying love one another many times here, right? And as we uh, say, okay, that makes sense, right? Because we've heard this many times. Love God, love neighbor, right? We have heard this command so many times that we need to love God and love neighbor. In in fact, in Leviticus 19.18, it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right? And it's not a shock that Jesus would say this to his disciples. Right? To love one another. But here's the thing: why does Jesus say then that this is a new commandment? Why does he say that this is a new commandment? Isn't it an old commandment? And we Ask this question: why is it here now that when the disciples love each other, that world will see Jesus? Why is Jesus here commanding a new commandment of love? What separates this love of what Jesus is saying? And we must come to the conclusion that Jesus is actually redefining love. Mm-hmm. He's giving a love a whole new meaning. Yeah. He is flipping the script upside down and he's saying, love has arrived. Yeah. Don't you see? Mm-hmm. Man, I have a funny illustration, and it's my backfire, and hopefully it doesn't. Um, But people say, people say that you'll never forget your first girlfriend, right? You'll never forget your first kiss, you'll never forget all these things. Uh, Why are you laughing? (laughs) Why are you laughing? Hold on. I'm going to recover. I'm going to recover, right? Um, And and because to this day, there's truth to that, right? Because to this day, I remember my first girlfriend in middle school, right? And... and (laughs) Man, uh, hopefully this doesn't get me into much trouble. But there are details that I still won't forget to this day, right? Because my first girlfriend, you know, after dating three months, um, I mean, we call it dating, but we literally just said hi to each other in the hallways and, and give like an air hug, you know, because we're so awkward. Uh, but I remember that when we broke up, right, I was so devastated. I was so devastated. I remember like crying and and being like a sappy middle school drunk, just like crying because my heart was broken after we broke up, right? You know, and I remember my brother who was older than me, he was just straight up laughing at me, right? Right? And he was like, man, get over it and all these things. And I remember I started crying one day when, when I was thinking about uh, my first girlfriend. And I was like, man, you don't understand. Right? And I said, she understood me. She, she knew me. right? This has to be love. right? There was never going to be a girl like this one. And I remember being in such despair and crying and pouring out my heart. And man, of course, I was an idiot. <laughs> right? Because what does a middle schooler know about love?
1: Wow.
0: Right? Because over time, you start to realize that love is defined more and more as you grow. Mm. And it's not until I met my wife. See, here's my recovery, right? (laughs) It's not here until I met my wife, right? That I really can understand what love looks like. Mm. What it should look like. How much sacrifice she goes through to love a guy like me. Mm. Mm. Amen. Can I get amen? (laughs) I know how wretched I am. How she always points me to Christ. And to this day, my knowledge of love grows every day as she loves me. Love was redefined in my marriage. And that is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, yes, the command of love has always been there to love one another. And you think you know what love looks like, but he's saying, let me demonstrate. Let me demonstrate love to you. Let me show you that love has arrived, that I have arrived. That love really begins to be defined and it's through the incarnation that Jesus demonstrates real love. The command of love is new because there was no such thing as this kind of love, no love that is measurable with the love that Jesus was going to show on the cross. Jesus redefines love. It's a new commandment. Feel that weight. That because Jesus has arrived that now the world can see how love is played out. And this is the thing. How does Jesus demonstrate that love? I'm going to my second point. We're moving fast, right? <laughs> just as I have loved. A new commandment, just as I have loved, right? Now, before Jesus gives this commandment out to his disciples, we see Jesus, who knew that his hour has come. Yeah. He knew that it was his last night, Display one of the most powerful scenes of love. As we see in this passage that my good friend Will is going to read for us, um, I want us to see the heart of Jesus that love has arrived. So Will, will you take it away and read for us?
1: Hey, well, family, miss you guys. Uh, For those of you that don't know me, my name is William Kendrick, and um, I'm part of the Leander Cedar Park uh, Community Group. I also serve on the operations team. Today I'll be reading from John 13, 1 through 20. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas of What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, then you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am so. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scriptures will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me.
0: Thank you, brother, for reading that passage. I know that it was long. Man, think about what is happening here in this passage. Because I think if we're not careful, we miss it, right? This is the Son of God, the creator of all things, who was there in the beginning, the Son of God, who comes in this world, and what does he do? He falls on his knees to wash the feet of his disciples. That he would wash what is known to be the dirtiest part of a human body. He washed the feet of his disciples, and it says every single one of them. Now think about this, right? They didn't have Jays back in the day to cover their feet. <laughs> they didn't have cars to drive. They had to walk around everywhere. And I'm sure their feet were gross, they were funky, they were nasty. But here is the Son of God on his knees getting into that grime and washing the feet of his disciples. Here Jesus is acting out what love looks like. Here's the Son of God laying everything aside to serve those he loves. He lays down any pride, prestige, he humbles himself beyond any measure that Jesus would demonstrate his love by kneeling and serving those He loves. and not only serving the ones he loves, is Jesus who actually is entering into the dirtiness of the feet of his disciples and washing them clean. God who kneels. That is the God that we worship. a God that is willing to kneel. And what does it say? Verse 12, when, they, when he had washed their feet and put on his garments and resumed his place, he said to them, he says, do you understand what I have done to you? Not for you, right? Look at that. What I've done to you, you call me teacher and Lord and you are right for so I am. And it says, if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, what does it say? You also ought to wash one another's feet. Mm-hmm. Jesus commands disciples to do what? To do likewise. To love in this way, he commands here is not just that we get on our knees to wash each other's feet, but that we would lay down our lives to get in each other's mess. Right? Let me repeat that. Let me repeat that, right? Uh, To love in this way, his command here is not just that we get on our knees to wash each other's feet, but that we would lay down our lives to get into each other's mess. And Jesus' command here is that we become immersed in discipleship making. And Jesus builds a community. There's something about entering into the pain, entering into the sorrow, entering into each other's lives. Do you love your neighbor to love their souls? Wow. We as Christians need to show what it means, what to love. See, Christ on the scene, what, he redefines love, redefines what it means to be loved and to love the God who kneels. By going deep into the dirtiness, here is God of the universe going beyond, displaying what is to come, that he will enter into the depths of sin to wash it clean. Mm -hmm. Think about that. The new commandment has arrived. Jesus is redefining love. If you think about it, who is in this room? right? Who is in this room? We see in verse 2, what does it say? It says, during supper, when the devil had already put in his heart Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. And then it says what? Rose from supper, and then Jesus washed their feet. Jesus clearly knew who was going to betray him, but yet he still kneels and washes the feet of Judas. Can you guys imagine humbly serving by washing the feet of someone who's about to betray you? Let alone the son of God that would do that. I don't know about you, man. Like, you know, like being Asian, I know like a couple pressure points. I don't know about you, but if that was me, like I would hit all those pressure points, (laughs) squeeze a little harder, break a little more toes, right? (laughs) But here's the thing. Jesus is showing what it means to love and the commandment is still the same. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Jesus chooses still in the midst of this to love. Mm -hmm. Jesus at this very moment fully knew what was to come. He fully understood what was going to happen. And Jesus understood immediately after that what was going to happen, right? me where he is praying and he gets betrayed by a kiss by his uh, by his beloved was coming. He understood that it was Gabbatha, where he would be put on trial, where people would spit on him and mock him, and that he would be sentenced to death. And he knew that it was Golgotha, where he would be have to carry his cross, and where he would have to be, be crucified for all to see. That because of the weight of sin that was poured on him, as he died on the cross, the father had to turn away. Jesus understood immediately that Gethsemane, Gabbatha and Golgotha were just around the corner. Mm -hmm. He knew what was going to happen. What does he do? He Yet he still chooses to love. Mm -hmm. He chooses to fight for community and models that for us that we now begin to understand what it means to love one another. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we love one another, by the way that we love one another, that the world will see the beauty of Jesus Mm -hmm. and be drawn to him. Mm -hmm. That's what he's commanding here. See, what Jesus is doing, he's saying, love just as I have loved. Church, do you understand the magnitude of what Christ is displaying here? That we will love one another this way. That we will love one another this way. My third point, love one another so the world will know. Now, if we want to be honest with one another, man, we fail at this so much. Isn't this where, as a church, we fall in so many aspects? Jesus' command here is that we demonstrate a love like this, that we demonstrate this love to people, that we choose to love one another, but does the world know that we are his disciples? We aren't doing a good job at this, we aren't doing this. We don't want to, what, die for one another. We don't want to love in a way that says Jesus gives a new commandment by showing what, that he has arrived. He demonstrates that love by washing the feet of his disciples, a foreshadow of what is to come on the cross, because his command is that we will go and love one another. And here's the thing. How many of us are willing to wash each other's feet, let alone die for one another? And as a church, how different would the world be if we love the way Christ commands us to love? Look at what he says. Look at what he says, back to verse 34. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And it says this, what? By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And that's the problem. We do not love like this because we are so concerned about our kingdom that we don't see the kingdom. And here's the question, right? What kingdom do you serve? I think in so many ways, we serve our own agenda and our own kingdom, and we want Jesus to fit inside of those parameters because we think we know what is correct, and here's Jesus what flipping the script upside down and showing that he will not be defined by our ways. He will not be defined as the world defines love. So many times, just like the Jews, who are looking for the Messiah to build an earthly kingdom that we are stuck in our ways and we don't see that literally it's the kingdom that came down to earth in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who goes on his knees to wash the filth off his, to the feet of his disciples, demonstrating a scandal of love that changes everything. Church, do you understand how loved we really are? That is Jesus that would come down. It's Jesus who enters. It's Jesus who says, my life were theirs. Will we begin to see the joy of what it means that as Christians, if we know Jesus, that we begin to be transformed and understand the more we fight ourselves to love community, the world will know and see, and they will begin to taste and see the beauty of Jesus. Because that's his command. That is what Jesus is saying here. Don't you see, the more we understand how to fight for community, lay down our lives, before Jesus, who ultimately laid down his life, for us, the promise is automatic. The world will see that we are what his disciples. And they'll begin to see the beauty of the kingdom that is here now. Because here's the thing. See, it's, it's Judas, right? Who Jesus washes his feet, but it's also Judas who probably was set on his own agenda. And he wasn't able to see the son of God right before him. In fact, for him, I think it was crazy to think that the son of God would come down and wash his feet. And he didn't see the Savior that was right before him. He missed it. And so many times do we miss Jesus. Because here's the thing, we look at Judas and it's so easy for us to say things like, man, I'll never betray you, Jesus, right? Just as Peter says, right? So many times, I'll never do such a thing. Judas' name is forever tainted as a betrayer. But yet the thing we don't realize is, is that we betray Jesus. Yeah. Our sins do that every day. And we are that person that is hard to love. But what does Jesus do again? He goes beyond what to forgive us and he dies for us. See, Jesus shows and redefines love. There's never going to be a story of love like this. When we ask the question, what is love? We need to look at Jesus did and show the ultimate act of love. Jesus is showing that to us. He's showing the example of what it means to love. He is turning the script upside down and showing the very definition of, of, of that which we are not capable of doing. That apart from him, we are not capable to love or understand or comprehend what it means to, what to love the world. It had to be demonstrated by Jesus that not only is he our example of what it means to love, he is the atonement of that which we experience love so that what we are now able to be loved and show that love to others. He is calling his disciples to understand what it means to fight for community, to model what it means to exalt God, to to live uh, by making disciples and through that fighting for community that we now become what ambassadors, ambassadors of the king that the church become a place where we demonstrate and will be given the power of Christ's love. And here's what Jesus was doing. He was preparing the disciples for that which was to come, right? Because he knew, he knew, he knew that he would go to the cross, that he would die for our sins. And he also knew that he would be resurrected on the third day and he also knew that these group of people who do not understand will be the testimony of the church for all the world to see and what it means to love and to love and be, to be loved and to love that the church of Christ will be born and that revival will come in the way that they are loved and the way that they love one another that they will show that and demonstrate that, that the church will be born brothers and sisters do you understand this kind of when asked the question, what is love, can you confidently answer Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. The beauty of being in a love relationship is not only what you can do for the other person, but it's also understanding what the person does for you. When we are in love with Jesus, we understand the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate act of love. The more we think about it, the more deeper the love becomes and the more richer that love becomes. Mm-hmm. And Jesus demonstrated that love by sacrificing himself. Do we bask, do we enjoy and understand the deep love that he has for us? Will we fight for one another and choose to love like Christ loves us? That the world will see the beauty of Jesus. Mm -hmm. As Christians, as a church, we need to wake up. We need to love. We need to demonstrate this love to one another. Man, I want to end uh, by doing something a little different. Um, I want to actively apply this love right now in worship. And although we are not in person, that is okay because the spirit of God is not bound by COVID. Wherever you are right now, I want to lead us in prayer. I want to close this series by leading the well in a time where we can pray actively and what it means to fight for community. So if you are led, I want you to stand or I want you to kneel. I want you uh, just to raise your hands or hold the hands of of your spouse or the person next to you. And uh, let's pray that our church will model this love of Christ. And here's here's what I want to pray about. Tori preached on what it means to be made in the image of God, that we are created for community, that we come alive when we reflect, imitate, and become like Christ. So let's pray that as a church that we can model that. Let's pray on what it means to exalt God by fighting for community because we are the image bearers of Christ. Let's lead that prayer. Will you pray with us? Adam preached on what it means to make disciples. That in the great commission that Jesus commanded, uh, command was that we make what? Disciples. So let's pray that we become a church that makes disciples, what that reproduces disciples. That we learn what it means to fight for community as we reproduce disciples. Let's pray. And finally, let's pray that we be the church. That we be the church that demonstrates love. That we show what it means to be loved and to love one another so that the world will know. That we become ambassadors of Christ as we push back darkness in the world by demonstrating love, that we be the church and that revival will come to our city and our nation in the way that we love. Let's pray for that.